When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the first of the new FPL Black Box series. You might have noticed it's had a bit of an upgrade. We just need some good content, Mark, now. We do. Did we cock up the start there? Did they, I think I said go and I think it came out, yeah. We, we, we tried to practice that, but it was inevitable <laughs> we are going to balls that up, weren't we? All the gear, no idea. That's that's the kind of what we're rocking with. It's very uh, flash all this, isn't it? It's very flash, but <laughs> now we've got to bring the product and that's going to be the difficult part because all we've thought about in the last couple of weeks is getting the technical stuff right. Yeah, I've, I haven't done enough prep for, for this, but before we wing it, it'd be all right. Yeah, and the thing is, I foolishly volunteered to do all the techie stuff, not realising <laughs> just how difficult it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, full yeah. credit. Well, full credit to well, all the streamers. Is, uh, uh, this is FPL Black Box. So, for anyone, I mean, I just to give a bit of a, a background, um, I started doing these a couple of years ago when I had a really, really rubbish season um, and actually helped turn things around. And I guess, Mark, you're hoping it does the same? <laughs> exactly. Uh, 177k in the world last year. My second worst season ever. Uh, pretty dismal. I don't really know how it happened. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of reasons, but I reckon that stand out. But this is all about me looking at those mistakes and um, trying to learn from it. And I think that I think that it's, it's really trendy at the moment. Like psychology in FBL, there seems to be a lot of it about on Twitter at yeah. the moment. FBL Raptor in the chat. Yeah, absolutely. And he's done a, a few threads recently. I listened to FBL General today and his 59th minute podcast was excellent, by the way. Have a listen to that. Um, yeah, he, he, he was a psychology running through that. I think Raptor's going to be at home playing psychology bingo with us. He's going to be spotting the different biases that we mentioned, ticking them off as we go through. But it is about that. It's trying to basically 
look look back at how you're playing look back at last season which i've really enjoyed doing you know really analyze that and look at what you did right and wrong but then as the season progresses try and take the lessons from that and apply them and improve as you go i mean that's basically what i'm hoping to get from it and i'm hoping you when i start making mistakes can correct me <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's good to I, I, that's what i found was kind of documenting them in some way gave you something to kind of fall back on and remember a bit more because every season you end up making the same mistakes over and over again you vow you're never going to bring in that injury prone prey you vow you're never going to you know bring in the rotation risk but then something happens and you you forget you know the mistakes you've made and you just focus on doing what you think is right at the time whereas I, th- I think when I had my good season a few years ago um I was making my I was going on the scout I think it was my first year on the scout cars and I was my first proper year and I was determined to follow through on whatever I said on the scout cast. So I was saying my things on the Tuesday and then I wasn't, you know, changing my mind. And then I was, and most of the time that worked. Whereas when I start making like these last minute decisions, you lose all the kind of knowledge that you've built up about what's the mistake and what isn't. And you, it's a heart overhead thing, isn't it? You, you follow your heart too much probably. Yeah, I, like morning decisions. It's, it's funny because I obviously was in the spotlight a lot, doing a lot of um, advice on Facebook Live and on the TV show when I did the Premier League stuff. And I actually had a really good, amazing season the first time and an OK one straight after that. But um, it, it was weird because you'd thought, I, I listened to FBL General uh, in this, just after that he had a really bad season. He said when he started doing his patron stuff, when he started doing FBL full time, he struggled and that's why he had a bad season. The opposite was true for me. Like the more I was I was actually sunk into it, the more I was fixated on it and obsessed on it and, and having to check what I was what advice I was giving because, you know, I had to make sure that I was going on on mm. on social and, and recommending the right players and so on. And I managed to take that information and and basically by by the time I took took my decisions, they were often good ones. But I found last season, of course, when I'm doing far less, I'm detached from it. Uh, I'm not doing FBL full time. It's not on my mind all the time. Suddenly, I have a bad season. So my my inkling is that I need to actually give it more attention and overthink mm. things a little bit more. Maybe overthinking is the wrong phrase for it, but certainly go back to being a bit more obsessive, if you like. I think I think it can go both ways when you're in the in the scene of it. Because I I found the last couple of seasons I've I've kind of tried to be a bit too clever with things just to kind of because you kind of think. At least I've got something to talk about that goes wrong, or you know, like I've, or you, you end up talking about a player or something, and you end up kind of convincing yourself, and then you've kind of got to stick with it because people are, you know, looking to you to to advise them. You think, well, I can't advise getting Sabios in and then not getting in. Myself, yeah, you, though, you try and you try and yeah. be a crowd pleaser, try and go yeah, for Hollywood that's transfer. Issue. That's yeah, the uh, issue. Yeah, but that is, that... I mean, it's I mean, just start to say first of all, it's awesome to have you back, like. Like doing this, I mean, just just for anyone that's wondering how the hell I ended up with Mark on FL Black Box, uh, he sent me an email completely out of the blue a few weeks ago asking me if I wanted to do something with him. So, hey, cherry picked, right? Well, what it was, I I, I thought to myself, like, I need to get back into doing something because I missed it so much last last season, like not being in a community, not having something to do every week to do with FBL, some content of some kind, and I thought, well, I could do my own little channel i guess but then i started looking started looking for names and everything's gone i mean like it's the fbl all the foods are gone fbl this fbl that it's all gone <laughs> uh, all the jobs are gone i mean like is there an fbl gynecologist i wouldn't be surprised i mean it's just <laughs> basically everything out there are gone and i i, I, I just thought FBL where do i start fbl fraser yeah. is the one that got you wouldn't it 
Is there, is there an FBL Columbo as well? My favourite TV shows. <laughs> all co- so, it, I mean, these days, if you're starting up on FBL, it's pretty difficult, right? Back in the day when I started Scout, I mean, it was a good name, but I could have picked anything, to be honest. Nowadays, mm. it's very, very difficult. There's so much content out there. So it's actually quite intimidating to come back because so many people are doing so much great stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it for free as well. Podcasts, you know, I mean, Granville and I started probably the first or maybe the second FBL podcast. Um, now there's, what, 15, 20 of these? And yeah, yeah. so many good ones as well. So I'm pleased to be back and I'm really excited to be doing something again. But at the same time, it's like I'm a bit rusty and also I'm a bit intimidated by the amount of quality guys and girls that are out there in the community. It's amazing. Yeah, and pressure's on <laughs> us to deliver. We're just like... I don't know what we've got. We haven't done enough. We, this is it. We put all the effort into the technical side. We're we're screwed. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. It'll start coming back to us. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. <laughs> and the season's going to start soon, and we'll have plenty to yeah. talk about then because we're going to make, I'm sure, quite a few mistakes as we go, aren't we? Well, yeah. I mean, we always do. I mean, my, la- my last two, so we're going to talk about our seasons in a minute, yeah. but, oh, God. I mean, the, 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 tr- the trick with FPL, I've always said, is if you make more right decisions than you make wrong decisions, you have a good you have a good season. But oh my god, I've made so many bad decisions. I and and you know at least with something like this, you can look back on. You can this. I think the the thing that I think some people struggle with with this kind of idea is that they say it's easy to look back with hindsight. Like when you you know you bring in a player, you Sabios again. Uh, I've probably mentioned him a bit later as well. Um, but you bring him in, you know he doesn't get you any points, and then you say, oh, that was a bad decision. He didn't get any points, and you you're looking at. I think that's the idea. I think this is why it works better with with two people. This kind of idea was because it's hard to know when it's hindsight, when it, you know when it was an okay decision, but it just didn't deliver, or when it was when it's legitimately just a bad decision. I think you need to acknowledge it and not do it again. Yeah, I mean that's the difficulty though. Is like separating a bad decision from bad luck because you can make the right call and get a bad score in a game week and convince yourself that you perhaps made an error. Um, but actually, you probably haven't. You've probably gone with the right call all along. Mm. It's just the output is is not, is not what you wanted. But there's so much variance. There's so much, you know, kind of randomness in FBL. Your VAR. Like last season with VAR, it made it even worse, didn't it? It's, oh. it, you know, it was random before. But now, you know, it's not only hitting the post you got away about. It, it's like, you know, it's your left finger offside as well. It, it's just so difficult. So well, like something like that Mane, you know, that Mane call oh, yeah. you know, went off injured after that. No, you had to right. remind me. Yeah. Oh, did you, did you have him? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I went Mane over. So maybe I was being clever there. Maybe I was overthinking. Maybe I have just gone for Salah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Salah Zealot, right? Salah Zealot. So I always normally would go with him, but I just felt that... Well, what can you do? Like, he goes off injured after yeah. 20 minutes or whatever it was of that game. But it's, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just, I think in, like injuries and red cards and Mrs. Mitrovic, I think you're, you're pretty unlucky. Uh but yeah, I mean, well, I think between us, we've got some we've got some good examples of actually quite bad decisions that we've got to try and not do. Yeah, we're going to look at those, and, and as we go, we're going to we're going to bring in some psychological elements that we talked about. Obviously, different types of bias and stuff like that. But and, and we talked briefly there about the the output, and, and I think what you what we're trying to learn from this is it, it's not about it's not about the points at the end of the game week. It's about the process you went through to make your decisions. And whether you're happy with that, and yeah. and it's and I'm, I mean, I listened to FBL General before I came on in in his podcast, and it's, he's going through exactly the same process. He had a really bad season a couple of seasons ago, and he's learned from that, and he's and he and he said himself that he 
he thinks he, he knows how to manage an FBL team. What does he know how to manage himself? And that's very similar to how I feel about it at the moment. I've had some really good seasons, <laughs> but I've had some really bad ones. So I, there's something I'm doing wrong in some seasons. Um, and I need to find out where it is. So I'm here to do that. And you're going to help love, me. I love, I love how deep that, that is. He, he's, he can analyse his FPL. Or is it he, he can analyse his FPL decisions, but can he analyse himself? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, um, General gets very deep. And he goes on, he takes it really seriously in terms of, mm. it's like he, he's doing a match of the day challenge. And he wants to do it all season, by the sounds of it. He said he did it on Game Week 38. He, he says he's going to not look at scores. He's going to put his phone away, not be anywhere near TV go out and enjoy himself i don't i i i I'd like to do that power. that is that is um yeah. but he feels that that's the way he wants to play his season he, he wants to shut off the noise and you know it's really interesting that he's trying that we're going to be trying some different things i certainly wouldn't go there would you try that <laughs> i i do it i do it on the odds odd times so say like i'm i'm out somewhere and i um you know, I'm, I'm with, the, with the missus and we're out and, you know, I, I know she probably doesn't want me checking the scores all the time. Then then I might try and do it for like one week, but to do it on a whole season, I, maybe it gets easier. Like maybe once you've done it for like the first like three or four weeks and it, it doesn't really bother you anymore, but it would drive me insane. Yeah, you know, I like texts and stuff coming through. That's the thing. Like so many people we know talk football and you have to completely shut off. It's not just not checking live scores or Sky Sports. It's like you can't even look at your phone for whole day yeah i think my partner was suss it as well she she'd think it was weird that i wasn't looking at my phone mm. on a saturday and she'd go what's going on it'd be like you probably you look get... them up just to have something like over you that's what mom would do <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i couldn't begin to do that so i'm not going to take it to the same extremes that fbl general is doing but i am intrigued to see how he gets on with that kind of thing the other thing he said he's not gonna click on any mini leagues and look at anyone else's teams that he's up against i mean wow Again, I don't think that's I the first thing I do. Myself. As soon as the, as soon as the thing comes, check you know, check Joe, Andy, you, all the all the mods and cons people, see what they've done. But I can see the logic in it because yeah. I know. I mean, I do look at other people's teams. And it does affect me. I remember one season, Torres Magic was flying, and he, he. I looked at his team, and he was like a hundred points ahead of me. I looked at his team and go, "That's the team I want," and he's got it, and I'm a hundred points behind him, and it is demoralising when you see mm. it. Yeah. So I can see what generals talking about there but I, again i think that's a step too far for me this season i mean it's going to be i hope that we'll i'll learn things this season and i don't know if it's going to have an impact but i hope next season i'll see a benefit in the season they're, after they're almost kind of like well not I, i'd say they're more kind of mental health type things aren't they rather than because i mean once the deadline's gone it doesn't really matter whether you look at the scores don't look at the scores whatever but it affects your daily mood i guess so he's just choosing to push all that till the end of the day rather than yeah spreading it out throughout but yeah i don't think that would help us too much with like decisions i think i burst as well for match of the day yeah, i can't, I, can't ma- I mean i want to try it once and i will i will give it a go but you know maybe maybe we'll choose a game and we'll both try it for a laugh and see what happens but i, I can't <laughs> i can't contemplate doing that yet but yeah it, it's, it's fascinating we've all got different methods we want to try but i think i think the stage in our you know fbl careers we've done 25 seasons now is it we worked it yeah. out between us yeah i mean there's not much to learn in terms of how you run a team and how you use the chips and stuff like that. I mean, we are going to be going over it, that kind of stuff in the podcast. We're going to talk about transfers and captains, of course. You'll mm. get the usual stuff. But I think what we're trying to do is just have a bit more kind of look at ourselves and why we're making decisions, why we've made decisions in the past, how we're coming up with our next decision, what's behind it. And 
hopefully you can come with us and, and enjoy the journey and learn a bit as we go as well. And, and not just us as well. I mean, you know, the, the, the Fantasy Scout Meet the Managers series, I think, is so good because you're bringing in all the top managers. Uh, you know, Joe's talking to them about why they do certain things and seeing the different styles of play, how they play. Like, can you imagine people get sick of, well, get, definitely get sick of me, maybe not so much of you, but we, the, when we get like actual other Hall of Fame, you know, top managers talking about looking because I mean everyone makes mistakes I mean you know if even the top managers they didn't make mistakes they'd win every year but they don't you know someone like General having a bad season and looking at what he did you know someone like Jay when he you know took out Kane for that massively elaborate hit thank you for reminding him of that yeah sorry (laughs) still my still got to be one of my um most like significant moments though was was watching that all unfold but those kind of things are interesting aren't they because it shows it shows, you know, people get burned when they try and do things in certain ways and, and when they don't and sort of adding them up and working out when it works and when it doesn't, I think can help you make decisions going forward. Yeah, and the theory is all about turning those mistakes and making them more of a positive and given their opportunities to learn and get better rather than things to beat yourself up about because yeah. mentally the, the game can be really difficult anyway because it's so random. So when you do have a bad game week, if you try and spin it as and reframe it as something, okay, well, what did I do wrong? How can I get better by by this experience? Then maybe maybe we can all we can all enjoy it that little bit more as well. But we'll see, we'll see how it goes. It's a new approach, and I'm I'm excited for it. And just to do something every week as well and get involved yeah, in the community, really cool. it's it's I'm excited about it. And and let's see where it goes. I'm talking about the Hall of Famers Greyheads League. I mean, did you see the names in it? Did you see the yeah. names in it? I mean. Unbelievable. So we're Why in that. Why am I there? I, well, <laughs> I mean, I because of this. <laughs> I'm worried it's going to be relegation battle for me. And I, I looked like Simon March has been relegated to the division below. He's won it for God's sake. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I, I ran Villa Ronca close last year, but did you? But lost it right at the end due okay. to some due to a bad free hit. That's my only. Uh, that's my only excuse. Yeah, you do. I mean, where did you come then? What was the finish? Finished 17,000. Yeah. yeah, see, that's not a bad season, is it? No, you, You'd I know. say that was, would you? I mean... No, 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 it definitely wasn't. I mean, well, we're going to we're gonna talk in a minute. I mean, it, it, I, I really did rescue it from the jaws of defeat, I think. Um, and the worst part is it's the second season in a row where I've, I've had to... I've had a really strong end of the season, finished kind of respect, you know, with a respectable round. Like the season before, I finished 64K. But that that does not paint the picture of that season. Like I was three, four hundred thousand for mm. probably two thirds of the season before finally turning around the end. I've, I've got to stop having such bad starts, basically. Well, I mean, the thing is, as well, I last season was terrible for me, but I never went lower than one point one million. That was my lowest mm. ranked position, so it never got like, oh, I'm quitting FBL level, like three, four million in the world where I would be demoralised. I mean, I've been there before in the early game weeks, but. I think it was game week 16 when I hit the lowest point, which was 1.1 million. And um, it never got worse than that, but it never got mm. much better either. You know, I really struggled. And we're going to look in this week and next week, we're going to look at the reasons behind that. Um, this week, I'm going to look at my transfers, which were absolutely shocking. You've seen a glimpse of some of the names. <laughs> seen a glimpse, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're uh, someone else. Some you can't them. wait to get stuck in, can you? On those? I can't. No, it's, mm. I'm, I'm going to try not to. Um, <laughs> and then, and then next week, I'm going to talk more about Sterling and De Bruyne and the captains because obviously we'll be debating the captaincy for game week one next week. Yeah, so I think this this one's more of a kind of reflective one. Next week, we've got a bit more information, putting some more signings, that kind of thing. So we've got we've actually got, we've got our teams, um, you know, our kind of first draft teams that we show at the end. We'll the end reveal those. They are going to change a lot, though, aren't they? And they're really different, which is good. 
Um, they they are. They are. Mine and yours. Couple, well, a couple it, of the same players you'd expect, but most, you know. How much? How much have you tinkered? Because I, I was thinking, you know, how sometimes you make a transfer and then when someone does really well, you go on Twitter. I don't, but I'm sure other people do. Go on Twitter. Oh, I almost Granville used to do this. I almost had that player. Yeah. I had that player. The thing is, the start of the season, I think I've had more or less every. You know, there's probably forty, fifty players you consider. I've probably had them, any, all of them, in my lineup <laughs> at one. So basically, I don't want to be seeing people on Twitter going, "Oh, I had." I had Ings in my team. If only I'd have taken him. Of course you did, because basically you've tried everything in your team. Yeah. yeah, and and that's how it's been. I'm I'm dreaming about my team. I'm changing it at three a.m. It's 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 pretty nightmarish at the moment. Do you know I'm I'm, I'm actually the complete opposite of that this this, oh, yeah. this year. Since since the fixtures came out, I've I'm, I'm more I'm more debating the formations rather than the kind of I, I feel like I've got my kind of core players that I want. And this, it's the kind of the fringe players I'm I'm swapping around. I'll be the judge of that. We'll see when we get to I, it. I, yeah. I don't know. I haven't I haven't I, I haven't made any changes in the last week at all. I what? sent you a message. I sent you a message. I think a week ago saying how's your team coming on, and you you, you see? said oh terrible, and I haven't made any changes. You haven't made a change for a week. For a week, no. I'm I'm oh, happy. Yeah. I'm happy. You can you're gonna tear I, I it mean, apart. I've seen your team. I've seen your team, so I'm I'm doubly surprised. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, fair play to you if you. I mean, I I'm going too far. I think like I, I'm changing at every opportunity, and I and the thing is, there's so much content. I'm listening to podcasts all the time. Mm. I was listening to the uh, it's Correspondence Week on Planet FBL. Um, shout out to James and Suju do an amazing job on that. They're doing 20 podcasts this week, and my, I mean it's ridiculous. And I've been listening to those, um, and every time I listen to one, I'm making another change. And and that's the thing. There's so much out there that you can do that. You know, it, it, there's so much to, to... I mean, there's friendlies at the weekend. We're going to change our lineups after that, surely. Yeah, maybe. I mean, mess, you know, I, I, don't think, I don't think the messy thing's going to happen, but... I don't want to talk about Messi. <laughs> we might have to. Do we? He's going to ruin it. I, I, I mean, we'd love to see him in the Premier League, and yeah, okay, fine. Not that we can go to the grounds and watch him, but... Do you not think he's going to ruin FPL? Oh yeah, I mean definitely. He's he's just gonna he's gonna be owned by everyone. He's gonna be captain every week. I mean, yeah. it, it strikes me as the kind of thing that I'm gonna be too clever with and not get him in, and then he's just gonna go absolutely berserk. I'm gonna finish like two million. I I can, there you go, black box next season. That's my that's my prediction. I mean, everyone who does a captain article might as well give that up. Yeah, away. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'd like him to come in and prove. And, and not break things, as in to be on a par with Sterling or De Bruyne or something like that. How, and that's the other thing. How would he affect De Bruyne and Sterling? You know, will will one go up? Will one go down? If Messi's in there, but it's not going to happen anyway. He's gonna I don't. Go I don't think it's going to happen. No, it's, it's, just, it's just another. It's another excuse for him to try and get a bit more yeah. money out of Barcelona. And we, and... we saw today that there's a chance can stay. Let's let's look at your history then, because we're still okay. looking at your team. Yeah. Let's bring that up. Um, so you underlined, was that your lowest rank of the season there? That's my lowest rank of the season. Yeah. Two thousand and two million and thirty-six, three hundred fifteen yeah. in the world. Okay. And I think this probably is I think it's the lowest I've been in the last eight years. Is it? I think so. I can't well, I mean, you know, not including like game weeks one and two or whatever, but oh, like right, to okay. be game week eleven, two million, I can never remember that anywhere near that happening for maybe like a million or you know around a million but two million that was yeah that was um that was really low I mean the reason why I wanted to put this I mean this isn't the whole season obviously after after game week well you can see all my green arrows at the bottom it's starting to get a lot yeah I noticed those (laughs) I don't want to talk about those though do we yeah yeah, yeah. well that's it I I thought I'd just leave the rest but I mean that that mainly came to uh getting making some good transfers I bought in Grealish I bought in Ings 
Uh, I started getting my captains right. Uh, you know, it's all simple stuff. You know, I made good transfers and I captain scoring players like this. You know, it's, you know, you, we all know what happens when you do that. But what I want to focus on a bit, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about mine because I think you know, it'd be interesting to hear more about yours. And I've already done a video on this, which is on the channel. So if people want to look back, they can hear me talk a bit more detail about this. But there's three things I, I want to mention. And I've, if I'm, I just said, I said it earlier, if I'm going to have a better season, I need to sort out my first sort of 10 or 11 weeks because I can't keep spending the second half of a season chasing the points that I've lost. And the, the, the mistakes I made early on were, were just so basic <laughs> when you think about it. I mean, the first one was, I mean, before, before the season even started, I managed to lose myself like 30 points. And that was, I had a team set up like I have now. I was really happy with it. Went on the scout cast. I did a team reveal on the scout cast. I went on the FPL show. And what was I drumming in every single time? People need to be getting De Bruyne in. 9.5 million, 200 point season incoming. Fit, looks great. Get him in, get him in, get him in. And then, sorry to bring Jay up again. I did a Jay. I thought, oh, actually, I could spread those points. You can't say two. I did a You're making it a, a thing. You're making it a thing. That's not unfair, that's unfair to you. Sorry, Jay. Yeah. Well, I didn't take a minus eight, so it's not, it's not actually a Jay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I basically, I decided to spread the points out. So I took De Bruyne out. Uh, I bought in Sigurdsson. I got in, like... Sigurdsson, is he a thing anymore? Sigurdsson, he he was. I I, I just, I don't even know what I did with the money, but whatever I did with the money was was awful. And on the first week, I was 30 points down on the other team that I had. And so then, you know, that's that's kind of one thing. But then what that puts in your mind is it makes you stubborn. And it makes me think, I'm not going to get De Bruyne in now. (laughs) Screw him. (laughs) I'm going to ride without him. I've gone without him game at one. I've got a a bye-bye now. And I went like seven weeks without him. And he was just every week just delivering points. I took a minus eight in that time to bring in Sabios and didn't get De Bruyne. Like you know, you know what I mean. I just I was so stubborn about. I, I, what did you see in Sabios? <laughs> I know. Well, what I thought was uh, he had be, he'd been signed. You know, come from Real Madrid, good pedigree. They just lost Ramsey. Ozil yeah. was sort of out of the team, and I thought he's either going to come in the team, he's going to be the new Ramsey, or the new Ozil. Right. That was my thinking. It turns out he wasn't either. But you yeah, based think, that on one week, though, did you ask? Well, I base, I didn't base it on any weeks. I based it on nothing. I based it on just general general perception of of you know. I've read a load of stuff about him. I've watched some videos and stuff. But I mean, I'm I'm not holding that down as 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 a really key. I mean, he was five point five million. You know, the points he, he got two or three points every week. But it's not like the player I didn't get in got got loads. I don't, I don't think that was like a serious part of. Of, of why I did so bad. I think the, 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 the and I think you're going to talk about it as well, not getting De Bruyne in because I was stubborn about not starting with him was the main thing. The second thing was Lundstrom. I didn't oh, own Lundstrom. Oh God, yeah. I remember listening to you and, and Luke talk about this. I just didn't, I just didn't get him in. I just, I was just adamant that he was going to lose his place. Um, I had O'Connell because I, I wanted the security of starts and I should have reacted quicker. I, I should have, you know, I, I think the, the, the year before we had one Bissaka, four million in mm. everyone's team, scoring loads of points, you know, I think people worry so much about the, what premium players to get. They forget just how important these kind of budget defenders are. And when you've got someone playing, like a four million defender playing for like a, a, a really defensively solid Palace team, who's getting bonus as well, you know, four million defender getting nine points every week, you just, you play and you just don't worry about it. We've got someone like Lundgren, we've got 21 points 
one week and I didn't have him. He was like sixty percent owned. But he wasn't. Just... He was an outlier because of his position, though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're the kind of things that you you need. You know, we we've played this game for ages. We should know when there is an out of position four million defender. God, even saying it now hurts. We're never um, going to see the like of again. No. No, I don't think we will. I mean, we're not going to get it from Ferguson or Mitchell. You, did you actually get him in at any time? Did you get him in I, late? I got season? him in after January. And you paid what five million for him or something? Yeah. Was that it? Was that it? Because I, I'm exactly the same. I, I try and convince myself, and this is, I mean, I can see Raptor at home on his bingo card now. This is um me doing the same. I will decide a decision. Like I'll go for Sterling over De Bruyne, which is something I'm going to look at next week in detail. But and then I'll convince myself that that was the right decision. And ignore all the evidence. I'll just reframe yeah. it as it comes in, and um, and stick to it. And sometimes it pays off. I mean, this is the trouble because you hear like a lot of people talk about or oh, patience. You know, be patient with your decisions, and they will come. And we're talking about Sterling. He was what top point scorer the season before. It's not like I was. You know, I'm not wasn't backing a no, no. a losing horse really. Um, but De Bruyne just had a remarkable season, and Sterling, unfortunately, as we'll see next week, went through a period when I had him, where. It was just, I, it's very difficult to define it, but everything pointed to the fact he should have been scoring a lot of points and big scores, and he just didn't for me. He did eventually, but I missed them all. Mm. Um, it was just a timing thing. But yeah, you, ju you just do that, don't you? You, you say something, oh, I've got to stick to it now. And, and it's that stubbornness. And I've got to get over that. And, and I'm relying on you to spot it in me, and I'll do the same well, for you same. as well. I think we're both, I think that's a, probably a big similarity between both of us is mm. we... So, I mean, I remember, and I use this example quite a lot when I talk about this kind of thing. I remember a few years ago, um, I had a 50-50 call whether to bring in Baines or Coleman. It was when they were both doing, you know, they were both doing quite well, but, um, you know, and Baines had free kicks and penalties. Coleman had, was just scoring from open play a lot. And I went for Baines. And I remember watching, like, the next game and looking at the stats, and Baines was just, like, non-existent like he just wasn't attacking at all he was completely reliant on set base Coleman was playing as like a striker and if I just done like if I just done that move Baines to Coleman just accepted I'd made a mistake done the move even for a four point hit I would have made like 40-50 points just off the back of that decision so and I, it would have been the same with O'Connell if I'd just gone okay Lundstrom's here to stay let's just bin off O'Connell he's not he's not going to match what Lundstrom's doing from out of position he's cheaper and all this stuff if I'd just done it I would have been better off so I'm going to try and be more aggressive with with that kind of thing quite early on yeah I mean when it's so obvious that there's a there's a problem with what I've should got. we should we have a look at the lessons that you've come up with um because yeah. I mean that's that's your first thing here about moving quickly and deciding at the start of the season um yeah. I mean do you want to do you want to talk about some of these points here I mean you you talk about you know getting in early with transfers and that's quite a controversial thing though isn't it yeah, I mean, not not even necessarily getting in early, but just just being a bit more. I mean, the the start of the season is is so difficult because you've got you know players coming off the back of preseason. You, you don't really know who's gonna come into you know who's gonna hit stay hitting form. And like we saw with Puki last season, a couple of games looks amazing and then doesn't score for another thirty six weeks or whatever it was. Um, but I, I think that the cheap defenders are really important, especially when you don't really want to be making a lot of defensive transfers anyway throughout the season. So I'm going to try and limit the number I make. So having, you know, if I, if I could have like Ferguson and a 4 million Lundstrom and then you know, keep three premiums or, you know, and not have to mess with that, it would be a lot better. Once you start having to mess around with your defence, uh, it, it gets a lot harder. So, yeah, my, my lessons here are, when I say move quickly, it's not necessarily like, 
you know, Saturday night, make sure I grab a, a player. But it's, it's every week, just think, I need to be aggressive with how, I, with how I play this. If I make a wrong decision, I want to correct it. I don't want to be stuck with the wrong player because the, the, the first half of season just disappears like that. And then you're two million in the world and you regret all the stupid things you've done. And then you have to, you know, and then you have to, and then you do start playing properly to try and make up for it. I want to start playing properly when I've got a chance of winning it, not bloody <laughs> finishing not two million. Um, so, yeah. And, and I mean, the other thing there is, is just try, is trying to avoid, he's trying to avoid the noise. Um, it's, it, it, you need to make a decision based on, based on what you see and what, and what you think and the stats and that kind of thing, rather than just doing kind of what, what everyone's doing. So, yeah, I mean, adapting at the start, that, that, that's my, that's going to be my key. And, and I know people hate, or some people hate this kind of thing around price points and, you know, and, and what does that mean and stuff, but having, having a kind of a structure to your team that makes it easier to jump around to different players. And actually, when you see my team in a minute, I've got 0.5 left in the bank so that I can better adapt I was going to ask you about that because I, yeah. I didn't know how much you had there, but yeah. Yeah, so it's 0.5 in the back. And one of the reasons for that is, you know, if, if a player does well, you're forced into making that move straight away because if you've got a 8.5 million player and they're 8.5, as soon as they go up in price, you've missed the boat. Whereas at least if you've got a little bit left in the bank, you can bide your time a little bit more, be a bit patient, be, be a bit more patient. Uh, so that just helps you adapt a bit to that, to the early start. Do you say you'd be aggressive with transfers? So do you mean... I mean, would would you make early transfers? Because I mean, it's something. I mean, me and Joe used to have a few clashes on the Scoutcast about this because I I'm an advocate of early transfers to chase a bit of value. But there's a there's a big school of thought that say team value mm. doesn't matter. Make transfers when you know when you have more data, and obviously I can see the logic in that. But when you talk about be aggressive, are you talking about that kind of thing? Would you make early transfers in the first part of the season to catch value? No, I don't think so. I'm I'm not I'm not value is important obviously it's you know having a when you get to the second half of the season you've got 106 million and someone else got 102 you're obviously going to fancy your chances but uh no when I'm, when I'm talking about being aggressive i mean more correcting mistakes you know not being not being stubborn take taking hits if they allow me to bring in players who i think are going to present great value for a prolonged period um it's I think that the Lundstrom, the Lundstrom thing is is kind of what I have in mind here. I, I should I should have done even if I had other fives to put out, I should have done O'Connell to Lundstrom early for, last season for a hit, for even for a hit, whatever. And you can't look at it as like a minus eight. It's a four point hit. Four point hit for O'Connell to Lundstrom would have paid off massively for the next like twenty weeks. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm. It's, it's just interesting because I looked at. I don't know, it's difficult to say this, but the guy who had the, Alexander, the guy who had the most points, didn't win FPL, mm. but he had the most points. He made 56% of his transfers either before the game week finished or the day the game week finished. So right. days before deadline. And obviously it worked for him, but then the rest of the top 10 made only 20% in that time. And I must say this data is from fbloanalyst.com. He's done a load of work on the top 10 and the Hall of Fame guys. But I found that really interesting. Like he was a guy who really was aggressive and chased mm. team value. And obviously it worked in terms of he had the most points, but other reasons why he didn't win FPL. But what do you think about that strategy? Because it is a controversial one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't really... 
to me, the risk, I mean, we, we talked about this on Scarcast. I think you might even have been on that one a few years ago when we talked about the kind of trade-off between, you know, the risk and reward. And, and it's why the kind of the price rises and, and, and falls does add something quite cool to the game mm. because it, it means you have to strategize. It means you have to either play aggressive and chase them or you wait and get a bit more information then make decisions. I've, al- I've always tried to play a more patient, considered game rather than making quite quite brash decisions I mean sometimes it's sometimes sometimes it lends itself well so Man United are a good example Man United have a, a great run of, of games straight after game week one got Palace they've got a whole sea of green fixtures it looks great because of United in general being the most popular team like out there you've got to think those players coming out for back of game week one their value is going to soar surely yeah well, they're Man so United as well. Right? It's Man United, so I think you have you have got to be aggressive with your transfers and, and and act quickly on those because if you wait a few days, especially if you've got no money in the bank, you're going to miss out quickly on, on being able to get in the players you want. So I think that going into game week two might be something that people look to do is, is getting on them quickly. Yeah, I mean, I I you've got to help me with this because I do chase value and I do make early transfers, and you'll see when we talk about my mistakes and my transfers, you'll see I made one. <laughs> massive error with this where I made an early transfer and it cost me it probably was the turning point in the season it's as early as game week three we'll talk about it in a minute but I found it interesting the FBI analysis analyst data showed that with the top 10 95% of their team value was was earned in the first 18 game weeks so basically that's the business part of the season in terms of team value so if you're gonna in get your team value up. You've got to you've got to act early, and you've got to stay with it to at least the halfway point. And well, particularly because people drop off. So yeah, half of the season you've got less active players, less people making transfers, less value. Makes complete sense. Yeah, it makes sense, and and I definitely do go for that. And I'm I'm the jury's still out with me. I'm still looking at whether I want to do that this season um, because I, a lot of people I respect in the community have been saying no team value. Um, Tom Freeman said it. FPL General again, don't go for it. Um, and I want to take that advice, but I know it's my, it's one of my weak spots. Definitely is. Mm. Um, but you you don't have the same problem, you don't think? <laughs> I'm I'm sort of fifty fifty. I, I I definitely play more patiently. I, I I tend to make my transfers towards the end of the week unless there's a reason not to. So if a player I want is going to go up and I can't and I can't get oh that mm. reminds me of oh that reminds me of my worst the worst thing that happened to you're me gonna last talk sack sack oh god yeah the worst the worst thing that happened to me last season was I had a plan I did everything right I had a great plan I was gonna I wild carded I was gonna leave enough money in the bank to do Pookie to Vardy for his great run and yeah. <laughs> I had I left myself 0.1 extra in the bank in case of any price rise even though Vardy was nowhere near going up so I thought this is gonna be fine and then had a few beers. I was in Poland. Had a few beers. I was like, oh, actually, Saka's playing. And he's 0.1 more than whoever it was. Marvellous in Canberra, I think it was. Um, you know, he might get a run in the team now. I'm never going to play him, but it might be useful to have him. So I got him. Had exact money to do it. And then Varney just went up in price, like, a couple of days later. He was on, like, 30% on the um, statistics thing. And it just ruined me because I now couldn't get him in in the thing. So I ended up going for Wilson who oh. blanked like three weeks in a row. Vardy got like 40 points. Saka went out of the team again when Lacazette came back, as everyone predicted, because it was obvious. And then, you know, then Emery got, Emery got sacked. But yeah, again, that, that was a, 
that was a complete disaster. Mistake I mean, you that, mistake you made there was playing your wild card when you knew you were going to Poland. Alcohol oh, was yeah. going to be involved. Oh, no, that's it? very true. That's a good lesson there. Yeah, but again, that, I mean, that is that is something around the team. If, if I'd had a bit more cash in the bank, then that wouldn't have been such a big wouldn't have been such a big issue. But I I still I still think you know that waiting until waiting as long as you can having the information that you as much information as you can get. I mean, especially around COVID times as well. Mm. I think aggressively chasing team value this season in particular is really dangerous because you yeah. could take minus four, bring in a load of players, you know, see your value shoot up, and then the game gets called off because they've all tested positive for coronavirus. Like it's this is a really really risky season to to chase value. I think. Yeah, or just one player. We've seen it with Troy, Troy recently. Yeah, we? So, exactly. you know, I, I am going to have to be more cautious, but I'm going to have to rein it in because um, I, I do go after it and, and I, it can work. Uh, it's not, it, there's no right or wrong, really. You can get away with it. And um, Alexander definitely did in terms of points. But yeah, it's, it's, we'll see how it goes. We'll see when the season starts. Um, you've got fixtures breed form, but doesn't die with poor fixtures. So fixtures, you're, you're a big advocate. Are you, are you fixtures over form then? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm both. This is, this is kind of where I, where is I that allowed us cheating, surely? <laughs> well, I think you know, if I'm looking at a player to bring in, fixtures are are really important. Um, you know, if if you're if you're asking me if I'm bringing a player in who's got good fixtures or great form but bad fixtures, I'm going to pick the player with good fixtures. You know, because fixtures breed. For, if you've got a player like Harry Kane, for example, who's got five blue games in a in a row or a sea of green fixtures or whatever, whatever colour you want to call it um you've you know you've, you stand a good chance of getting some points whereas if you if you've got a player uh like Salah for example with, with five rough games I probably would think twice about bringing that player in for those games but I think it's different when you when you think about the players you've already got and I think we see it so much and I've seen it so much over the last few seasons is that you have a player who's in absolutely incredible form you've got someone like Ings like I remember Igalo a few seasons ago, I took him out. Uh, Grealish was was in great form last season, and people took him out. You know they're in great form, then they get a couple of bad fixtures, and people people just take him out because they're trying to find a way to be a bit different, be a bit clever, and all and and that kind of thing. But I'd say most of the time, particularly with strikers, if you've got a striker in form who's scoring for fun, I don't think there are many bad games in the Premiership for a striker to score in anymore. It might have been different four or five years ago, but unless you're unless they're playing Man City or Liverpool, I fancy a striker in mm. form to score against anyone. Yeah, I mean the, the the problem we've got this season as well is though that you've got all the heavy hitters in midfield and you know someone like Late Riser will be looking for a reason to swap one out for mm. another. And if you're not going on fixtures, what are you going on? You know, so we are going to be tempted to to look at Salah. We're, we're going to look, Aubameyang to De Bruyne, right? Everyone's going to plan that transfer or Aubameyang to Sterling. Everyone's going to plan that transfer. Yeah. And they're going to plan that transfer for two reasons. One, they want a Man City, but also they look at Aubameyang's fixtures. I think he's playing Liverpool game week three. And they're going to go, oh, phew, that's okay. And I can get away with that. But why do we think that? Like you say, mm. he can definitely score in those games. So it's going to be I, a real test. I think. I think the... The, that kind of point for me, because I mean, I really love um, Leigh Rider's strategy of, of switching around the, the heavy hitters and stuff. I think that, you know, the way he plays that is really clever. I think it, it's more for um, the budget, the budget players. Like when you've got your six or seven million players who are doing a really good job in your team and then you're taking them out to be a bit clever. Like the people who took out Grealish or Ings when they were in their great run of form, not only are you missing out on the points that they're getting because they're carrying scoring, you you also have to nail the player you're getting in 
with them, which isn't always easy around that price bracket anyway, just because, you know, see so getting like Mitrovic, and he's got a couple of good games. I mean, it's like the same thing happened with me and, and Callum Wilson. I think Wilson had Norwich and um, someone else. He had, two, he had two home games, I think, like the best looking home games on paper. Uh, and it just and it just didn't work out. I took Pookie out, got him in. It it it, it didn't. It, it's hard to nail those those picks consistently. And when mm. you've got someone like Grealish and Ings, I think they're the ones that you kind of want to keep on until they drop off a bit, lose their form. You know, when they drop off the form and they have rough fixtures, that can be a good time. But when they're right in that sweet spot, um, I'm I'm tempted to keep. I think uh, it depends on the pedigree of the player, though. I think yeah. I think I think as we play this game, we've got to know kind of like the signature of these players like you get to know you know you know you know how Harry Kane acts as a player in terms of his returns you know when you see him doing certain things on the pitch you know it might be time to get off him and you know Vardy a few seasons back was a as a player who scored against top sides because they sat back whereas now last season he was a flat track bully so you start to learn how these players are and then you can use that data to influence your decisions. Look at I guess. Ings. I mean, who who yeah. would have predicted that Ings would have gone on the on the run that he did last season? But now we oh know that, God. right? We know Ings yeah. now can do that. Whereas perhaps in the past we didn't know that about him. Um, but I fell into a few traps with this as well. I mean, I mean, you talk about overthinking and thinking too much. I mean, that's your third point here, leading to bad mm. decisions. Um, it's a difficult one because arguably what we're doing right now massively over. Oh, yeah, I know. We're, I mean, we're going to do it a lot. I think the yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I find I find personally the more I the more I overthink things, the worse that I do. I I think it's really interesting you saying the kind of almost the opposite for you. The more you read, the more you listen, then you end up making better decisions. I I find that I'm I think I'm too impressionable. I get swayed too easily by things and, and end up moving around. Um, and I get sick of people calling people sheep and 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 for, for doing certain things. I mean, I remember we bought in Antonio um, last season, and then he delivered. I was like, oh, just a sheep. He's doing because everyone else is doing. It's like, well, yeah, everyone was doing it because it was a good pick. It great stats. It's a great fixture. He's playing up front. Like sometimes a sheep pick is a sensible pick. You can't just base it. You know, you can't always just be different just for the sake of it. Um, but one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to write down what I. What my plans are at the start of the week and then at the end of the week review what i'm thinking then and just see if there is actual logic to why i'm changing my mind or whether it's just because i've been swayed by something that i've read just a simple thing but I, I think that kind of thing helps with that kind of just contextualizes a bit more yeah fpl general said exactly the same thing and i do think it's a, yeah. it's a great concept yeah i mean i i it works almost the opposite for me though because like on a saturday afternoon i'll hear someone scored or I'll watch match of the day and then I'll go, right, that's it. I've got to do, I've got to do that transfer. That player has got to be in my team. And then throughout the week, I might, it's confirmation bias where you start looking at stats and you go, can I find something to just confirm? Yes, there we go. That stat confirms I've got made the right call. So I, I think it's called anchoring, isn't it? Where you kind of make up your mind really early on and then you stick with that and ignore mm. everything that's going, everything you learn in the process along the way. And so I've got to be careful of this, but I, I'm going to do that same exercise to see whether that is in play for me, because, you know, obviously you've got to be careful of emotion playing a part on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon when you've watched someone score a couple of goals, you write out, I've got to get that player. That is obviously stirred up by what you've just seen. And you've got to be careful as the week progresses that you don't just cling to that when there's other evidence, like, I don't know, there might be a midweek European game or something, which might introduce something new so mm. it's a two-way thing it can work both ways but i think that process of writing it down and then 
studying it as you go for the week is a really valuable one to do. So I'm mm. going to give that a go. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing, I, I'm also basing a lot of my decisions now on when, one thing with checking the scores is that <laughs> when my phone goes and I see, you know, someone scored, or like say, uh, say Tottenham have scored, and I'm looking at my phone, I'm going, that's going to be Sons. It's going to be Kane. Yeah, it's Kane. Gonna be Kane. It's going to be yeah. Sons. It's going to be one of them. Then I've got to start thinking, well, why am I so worried about it being, why do I know that it's going to be Kane as soon as Tottenham score? I've got to tell you that that player is worth even considering or thinking about, not just being stubborn and not getting them because I don't want them because everyone else has gone. But like, if that, you know, I mean, that, that, that dread you get when you oh, look at your phone. I know. <laughs> Every time Man City scored a goal oh, last yeah. year, I was like, De Bruyne is going to get the goal or the assist. He's, I mean, what's the chance he's not got anything out of that? Every time yeah. a goal went. I remember the 8-0 at Watford. I was out watching a, a non-league game and um, I, I didn't have De Bruyne. I, and Sterling was benched for that game. So I knew I didn't have a player in the match. What was it? 5-0 after 20 minutes? Yeah. I mean, how was I feeling? <laughs> I was like, my player's on the bench. It's 5-0 to City. I, I mean, it's just what damage has been done here. And yeah, yeah it was catastrophic. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? And that should have told me I need to get rid of Sterling because he's not going to be reliable and I yeah. need to get someone who is Kevin De Bruyne. But I yeah. didn't learn. I didn't learn from that. I think I think a lot of the time it, it just makes me even more stubborn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm like, well, I've, I've had all this dread now and, you know, when it finally pays off, when De Bruyne doesn't get any returns and Sterling scores, it's going to really feel good. Oh, yeah. It never yeah. does because no. it's obvious that you should have made a move. Yeah. Well, let's, let's move on to my transfers because we talked a bit about them. Um, go on then, go for it. I mean, look at the names there. Oh, dear me. This I mean, is great, by the way. This game is, week this three, is... Campwell for Lamella, Pookie for King, Martial for Perez, right? How does that look to you? Yeah. <laughs> be honest. Be honest. I mean, you know. I mean, going... Okay, let's, 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 let's you know, review, review your season. I mean, it feels weird to be reviewing your season. No, but, I mean, no, no. firstly, I don't understand why you started with Lamello anyway. But yeah, fine. good point. Yeah. Uh, but fine. Uh, I mean, you went double Norwich attack. And I mean, you know, well, this, this, this is the thing. This is the thing with hindsight. And this is where you, you, you do tread a, a difficult line because they were, they were, they did start the season incredibly strong. Like they, they looked really good in that Liverpool game. They looked great. Then they, then they got, they played Newcastle and Pookie scored a hat-trick. Like, I got Pookie in straight after those. I don't blame you for that. But, yeah, I mean, and Cantwell could have been the... the, the I mean, for a while, he was the 4.5 yeah. go-to best value pick. So, I yeah. mean, they look... Exactly, they look better. I think that's fine. I mean, Martial, I think, playing out of position. Yeah, but I haven't told you all the Martial oh, story. Oh, yeah, the, the story but, of Martial is... Yeah, is... this is shocking. Right? But just a background on this, I did a, a little analysis of the Elite 64 League that we're both in. And I made um, the second most transfers in the entire league. And I came third from bottom for the least points from transfers. So I only made 148 points in my transfers. And yet I made the second most of anybody in that league. And that league has a lot of good managers in it. Fair enough. Right. You made, I think, the most transfers, but you got 354 points from your transfers. So yours were far more effective than mine. Right. 148 points. I mean, like, the, the teams below me, there was only two teams below me. I think they were more or less ghost ships. I don't even think they were playing properly. Um, <laughs> so it was absolute disaster for me in terms of transfers. So just to put this in perspective as well, game week three, I was 35,000 in the world. I think that's my best ever start. 35,000 yeah. in the world. I was thinking, 
I've got a chance here this year. <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking, this is a brilliant start. The minute I laid my hands on my team, the minute I started intervening from game week three, it went belly up, massively mm. belly up. And the first step was this, Martial for Perez. I, I mean, Martial, the background was that, yeah, he looked good. I didn't, I made the transfer really early for a four point hit and I didn't know he'd gone off with a knock. I mean, that's really careless. How did I not know this? He went off on 78 minutes, but I thought nothing of it. It wasn't obvious at the time that he was injured. But then I read the next day that um, you know, basically United were playing down the injury. And I was like, what injury? Oh, no, I'm sure he'll be fine. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came on and said, no, 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 he, you know, he should be fine. He's got a bit of a problem. He should be all right. So I kept him and obviously took a hit. Yeah, I think he was out for seven game weeks. You didn't just keep him. I remember every yeah. week looking at your yeah. team being like, Mark appears to still have Martial. <laughs> yeah, he, he missed, here we go, he missed six matches from game week four and he played six minutes on his return back. So he effectively missed seven matches, right? And all the way along, Ole Gunnar was kind of intimating that, oh, he'd be back soon. And I was buying it. And this is this is the confirmation bias thing. It's like, oh, I made a, it's an astute call getting Martial this early. I've got in early before the crowd. Ah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then basically, I, I, I wouldn't accept the fact he was injured. I was like, no, it'll be all right. And only Gunnar Solskjaer was kind of like, you know, saying all the right things. So he's teasing me. And I just fell for it, hook, line, sinker. So yeah. I had him on my bench all the way along, right? So while Pookie and Cantwell were letting me down as well, and like going back to those transfers, Pookie got in, in 11 matches, game week three to game week 11, two goals, two assists, 33 points, nothing. Um, if you go down the list as well, look at this Wesley. I got I got Wesley in for two matches. He got me four points, uh, and he scored. I got rid of him, and he immediately scored in the next match. And what's worse is he scored against Arsenal, and that hurt my Maitland Niles transfer. Look at this, Mait, Mait, <laughs> Maitland Niles for Van Dyke. In what world do you get Maitland Niles for Van Dyke? That's beautiful. <laughs> and mean, he got he got sent off. He got sent off in that game as well. God, I yeah. mean, that is, yeah. I mean, FPL Raptor makes a really good point in the chat that out of the, all these transfers, I think I can count five defensive yeah. transfers. Yeah. So if you're talking about, you know, potential like reward back from transfers, you don't expect defensive transfers to be the ones that get generate the most points, which is why I'm trying to limit them last season. I mean, that's a lot of defensive transfers to make. But, but not only that, look at these names. Cantwell, Pookie, Wesley, Mount, Maitland-Niles. Abraham, Tamori, Cancelo. How many of those have actually Cancelo, got? Was... How many? Yeah, but how many Premier League seasons have those names got behind them? Not many. Abraham mm. got some experience with Swansea. The only one with any experience is Martial and Otamendi. And to be fair, you know Martial's an injury-prone player. Shouldn't have got him in. Otamendi will need I say more. I, I basically backed a load of players really early on mm. that were not with any proven pedigree in the Premier League. Yeah. And while they showed flashes of form, and yes, Pookie did, Mount did, Abraham did. But I mean, Abraham, I had him until game week 19. I held on to him all that time and he got me four goals and three assists. Which doesn't sound disastrous, but it's not great. Mount, game week four to game week 10, two goals, two assists. They just didn't do it for me. And I was seduced by the flashes of form and then just went, I've got to get him. And 
they they weren't players that I should have trusted. Daniel Bedford says, Mark was definitely throwing darts at a list of names. I know, I, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, when, when I when I started, when I, when I signed up for doing this, when I agreed to come in, I, I, that's not, I didn't sign up for it. I volunteered my services yeah, to come and sh- do Black Box. <laughs> give it away. No, uh, and I said, so, right, first thing I do, I'm going to look back at last season. I knew it was a bad one, right? But when you actually look at the cold light of day, the decisions you made, I, I hmm. was horrified. I was and and then it got worse. Game week eleven wild card. I think it was the worst wild card I've ever played. I mean, disastrous oh, is the wrong word. I lucky you were uh, on the scout card. Joe, did, Joe I, I know. I mean, God, yeah. I mean, he was slaughtered me on paper. It might not look so bad, right? But the results. I played it in eleven from game week thirteen to seventeen. I only finished inside the top four million in a game week once, and even then it was like just outside the million. So I had, I had four out of five game weeks where I was outside the top four million, right? And that's two weeks after playing the wild card. Yeah. That is absolutely shocking. And then we, I kept Martial all through that as well. And by the time I sold Martial, I you kept Martial through the wild card. Yeah, to game week sixteen. <laughs> so good. That's so good. I know. And when I sold him, I was 1.1 million in the world, which was my lowest ever rank. So I'd gone from 35,000 in the world to 1.1 million. Yeah. And through that time, made those transfers that we went over there and but played that's, the that's wild That's the card. thing. Like, that, that kind of plummet, that isn't, just, that, isn't just, that isn't just you looking back with hindsight and being like, oh, I was really unlucky here. Like that, that there is, you, can, you can see where, where the mistakes have been made. And you can see from that list, I mean, looking down that list isn't just like, oh, I mean, you know, some of them, like Mount Abraham, I can let you off with, because, you know, they were playing for an attacking Chelsea team. They were both cheap. They were both doing okay. Yeah, but it's still but, hasty, wasn't it? Yeah, I, suppose, I mean, Abraham got like three double-digit returns in a row, didn't he? Did you have him? No, you probably just missed, missed, <laughs> probably just missed that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess it's about I, that consistency, isn't it? Can they keep doing it? it? It is, and I shouldn't have trusted them. Like, you know, Norwich's numbers were good, mm. uh, and Mounts and Abraham's were. I mean, Abraham, we, what we know about Abraham now is he, the statistics favour him. They make him look like a great prospect. But actually, we know his conversion rate isn't good enough. But I didn't, again, I got so seduced by some parts of the data and then ignored other parts. And this is what mm. I've got to get better. I've got to get better at analysing the data. I've got to look at how I use statistics, as I do. I am I am a big fan of them, but obviously I'm not using them right at times. Um, I mean, let's, let's look at the lessons that I come up with. Um, talking about, yeah, right at the start, I like question attacking bandwagons without pedigree. I've got to do that. I, I can't, you know, if a player, say like, I mean, it's not going to happen, but say like Robson Carno or Austin starts getting loads of goals. Um, he's not a player with pedigree necessarily, but a bad example, but Austin is, but... No, I mean, a promoted player comes up and starts scoring a few goals and shows good numbers. I've got to be more inquisitive. I've got to question whether or not they're going to maintain it. Hmm. Instead of that, what I try and do is get on early because I think that's the aggressive move and that's what I do. I think it's fine with proven players, um, but with new new arrivals to the Premier League, promoted players, I can't do it. Um, I, I, mean, I kind, of, I kind of agree, but I've, I've, I've had quite a lot of success over the years with with the kind of like unproven players because because they're cheaper they tend to be cheaper like i met mitrovic a couple of seasons ago when he was at fulham he started really strongly and mm. he got you know it it's a, and you know i i jumped off him at the right time as well so it actually went quite well i've had andre gray um Ooh. you know came up with burn leaves i've got him in i do like a promoted i know and we're I, gonna get to your team in a bit yeah and, yeah. Yeah. and, I, and I, I do quite like the promoted teams 
early on because they're fired up, they're ready to go. It's only when they get halfway down the season, they're like, oh, we've lost every match now, we've, we're broken and can't be bothered to play anymore. At the start, they tend to be quite fired up. So I think early on, they, they tend to be all right. I mean, the, the problem is, is that when you jump around like the mid-price players, that's where all your transfers go. And that's when you start losing out on, on, on things like what Late Rise is doing with targeting fixtures from the preview players because you're messing around so much with all your mid-price ones. I did. And like the defensive transfers, I mustn't do so many defensive transfers because you, mm. the, the attacking players are the ones that affect your team the most. And that's what I've got. I've got to get a steady defence and not do that. Also, I say here, don't trust early data on unproven players because, as like I said earlier, we don't know what type of player they are. Like we... We know that someone like Abraham and Mitrovic, for example, will be statistically very strong. Like Mitrovic will be top of the shot chart because he's so many aerial chances and he might not be under Scott Parker, but he could be. Yeah. Um, but we can't trust that because that's not, you know, you can't say, oh, Mitrovic has had twice as many shots as Vardy, so therefore he's going to be a better player to get in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, a player like Vardy, for example, we know he, Vardy and Aubameyang don't need strong stats to deliver. So we know a bit about them, right? We know that. But we don't know that about Werner. I mean, what's Werner going to be when he comes up? If he doesn't score for two or three game weeks, but he's had the most shots in the league, are we going to go, oh, I'm going to hold on to him because he's had the most shots in the league? And that's what you've got to be careful mm. of because until we know a bit more about a player and how the data works for them, how the eye test works for them, it's very, you know, it's 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 quite a risk to it's, trust It's them. tricky though because, I mean, like an Antonio last season, I mean, all of the stats and the eye and everything pointed to him doing well. And, you know, I think quite a few people got him in because he it was a perfect blend of everything. He had the best fixture. He had great stats. He looked really good. He was out of position. He was like the perfect person to, to bring in. But it's so rare for someone to have all of those factors to, to be such a... I, to me, he was literally the perfect pick that week. Like, there was no way I was going to go with anyone different. But when... Mm. But when you mention, like, you know, you talk about someone like Vernon or someone, then, and they haven't... Maybe they haven't got great fixtures or... They haven't got the stats or, or something like that. It, it, it cla- it's a lot more cloudy. It's why the game's so so difficult. And it's why it isn't just luck a lot of the time. A lot of the time it is, you know, being intelligent with how you use the information you've got. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to try and go for the, as much known players as I can early on and try not to be taken in by new players, no matter what they do in the numbers or no matter how much they impress me in the eye test. I've got to be more careful because I'm, I'm too quick to them. So... As I say, don't trust form over fixtures for promoted teams because you know Norwich. Norwich looked amazing. They beat you know they beat Man mm. City, didn't they? And 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 then they absolutely plummeted. The minute I got on Puky and Campwell, it just went into decline. And I held on to them, thinking they'd come out of it because I was looking at that early form and going, well, they played so well. And they, the thing is with Norwich, they did play well in most matches, but they just got turned over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they just lost lost the ability to score goals, didn't they? Yeah. And. I just don't want to be taken in by that again. I'm not saying there is going to be a Norwich out there again, but I'm just going to be more wary of that because I definitely fell for that hook, line, sinker. Martial here, the fourth point, avoid injury-prone players. I mean, I should know that, shouldn't I? Why do I need to be telling myself that? At this this age in my FBL career, why do I need to remind myself about that? But Martial, it's like... I'm, I'm considering him again, but it, it's early on in the season as well. That's the problem. Midway point, you know, he was obviously fit again and he could, he'd be, he was more robust. But early in the season, game week three, I shouldn't have trusted him. And I did. And that's a mistake. But the counterpoint to that is that I know Joe was, was massively avoiding Ings because he was like, oh, he's going to yeah. get injured again soon and just didn't. 
And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's not quite the same example. Do you remember a few seasons ago with Diego Costa when he was like one suspension away from a red? Oh. People weren't getting him. <laughs> people weren't getting him in. Yeah. I think you can. I, I agree in principle with with the injury prone stuff, but also it can bite you if you stick with that so stubbornly that I'll tell you, you a story about it. I was on the on the FBL social media channels and the FBL show and every week I was saying don't get Costa on his one booking he's one booking from a ban and he, he got another goal then the next week he got two more goals don't get Costa in I know he scored but don't he's one booking from a ban I just kept saying I could have recorded it and just stuck it on oh it was it was awful um you know, because I, I thought I was doing do the right thing. I know. I was trying to tell people the right thing. I thought. Yeah, I, I know. I, I fell for it completely. And he just—he's a clever player, isn't he, Costa? This is what we we presumed that he couldn't control himself. That he was almost an animal on the pitch. He was going to get booked. Nothing he could do about it. But actually, he's a clever guy who knew he had to control himself, yeah, yeah. and he did. And, and it I, didn't I, I, I think. See, I think with that point, it's not so much about avoiding injury-prone players. It's about prone. I can't even speak. It's about avoiding players who might still be injured or are just coming back from injury yeah or, or that sort of thing. maybe not keeping a player for 11 weeks well that's it <laughs> that's my next point don't hold injured players unless you're certain on the return date yeah. because you hear and you read you know you might have a player who's yellow flagged and then you you know and you think well he's going to play and then you hear the manager and you think yeah that was you know they said he should be okay but I mean, I think when it's an injury playing player as well, like Martial, mm. you've got to question his recovery. Clearly, he's a player who doesn't recover from injury quickly. I should have known that. How did I not know that? The trouble is, Solskjaer's the worst. Like, well, he is so vague. Like, I've, it's like Eddie Howe levels of vagueness. Like, a few knocks and niggles, a few this and that. Oh, he yeah. might be all right. Oh, he's, then he starts. He's, he's a nightmare, really. He's not our friend, is he? But I know that now, no. right? So I've got to, I've got to go forward yeah. with that. Um I've said here, show more faith in defensive data for proven teams. The reason why I say that is going back to my wild card, and this is a Taylor wild. I I doubled Liverpool defence in the wild card, um, so I got Robertson and, and Trent, um, and then basically at the moment I did it, they went six games about, and they got one clean sheet in six games after that. And Trent actually missed that fixture, so I only got one clean sheet from that one. Um, so I sold them, um, and I sold them in game week sixteen, and from that point on. They got 10 clean sheets in the next 11 matches. 10 clean sheets in the next 11 matches. So I, I did the right thing. I said, right, I'm going to... Surely Liverpool's defence are going to improve. And when you remember last season, they went... They started really bad. I think they had two clean sheets in the first 12. Yeah, you know, I died the double yeah. for ages. I knew that would turn. So I went with it in the wild card, And then I got cold feet. And even though I looked back, I went back... I went on scout and I checked the data for this period. And even at game week 16, when I sold them, or sold Robertson... Liverpool's defence was still the second best defence statistically. But I ignored that and thought, no, I've had enough. And then, of course, what happened, it all turned. Mm. And so what I'm saying here is I've got to show more faith in that. For for defence like Liverpool's or Man City's, you know, the strong defences, even though they're not keeping clean sheets, I've got to... If the data is saying, you know, the expected data and the, and the shots on target and the big chances conceded shows that they're still very, very high. And we're talking top one or two, maybe third ranked then stick with it. I'm going to try to because um, I, I really regretted that last season. I could have I could have made up some of the damage then if I'd have kept Robertson for those 11 mm. matches. But yeah. And the final one um, is build a checklist to guide transfer decisions. I've never used checklists, but everything I've read over the last few months and everything I've heard from people like um, FBL General is it's all about lists. He, you know, he has a, an A4 sheet on his wall and 
I, I'm going to form a checklist. I've already got some stuff in, pra in work in progress that I'm going to build. And, and when we start making transfers, I'll bring it out and we'll go through it. But I think there's something in this. I mean, do you have criteria that you use when you make a transfer? No, and I probably should. Yeah. I think, I think I'm the same. I, th I think it's, it's tricky because I think, you know, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. One of the things I love about playing FPL is making kind of quiet gut-based decisions and I don't I don't want to completely eliminate my enjoyment of the game like you know if Sabah scored a couple of goals I would have been over the moon and you know it's something to talk about and it's something to laugh about and things I don't want to lose that enjoyment with things but at the same time I want to do well so it's about kind of marrying and I think something like the checklist is perfect because it it can just it can just rein you in a little bit it doesn't need mm. to be like you only need to get a player in if he's got an XG of 0.74 and all this stuff. Like it just needs to be, has he got an injury? <laughs> you know, is he is he nailed on to play? Are is is he getting touches in the penalty area and, and having shots? And does he do, you know does he normally do well with that kind of? So I don't know. There's you know what I mean. There's like you can build a list without yeah, needing I, to be super strict. And for me, it's all about trust. You know, going back to that list, if you look at if you look at the um, the names on that list, I mean. Did I trust Wesley? Of course I didn't. What, what, what am I thinking? Yeah, I mean, even Mount and Abraham, you know, I, I shouldn't have tried. I had enough data on Abraham from playing with Swansea that that told me that perhaps the data was misleading. Um, but I didn't. And, and I need something to, you know, just rein me in to make sure that I'm not making those mistakes. So I've got some points. I'm, I'll reveal them in a later show. And when, when we start making transfers, I'll wheel it out. And I think that's going to be a good thing for me. And you're right, though, right? It, 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 we're, we're walking a tightrope between Maverick and Dullard here. I, I, I don't yeah. want to suck the joy out of FPL, right? Because that's the problem. If we get into psychology and overthinking and, and lists and rules, suddenly this is the language of, of no joy whatsoever in this game. And, and I play this for the pleasure of it. And I'm a Maverick manager. I think you are as well. Um, we don't want to become robots where we're just, you know, just going through these checklists week in, week out, and we're making transfers in a robotic I mean, way. We need the heart there as well. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, we do we do all right. Like, we, you know, I I, I do okay. You, I mean, your your rank is, is ranks are absolutely ridiculous. Like, you, you, you don't need a, a huge overhaul of the way you play the game. You just, we, it just needs to be about refining it and about... Just I don't know, just thinking a bit differently about certain decisions. Um, I mean that that transfer list is is, is something. I can't I can't look back on another list like that, right? I can't do that again. But just going back to that point as well, it's fun. Me and Joe always used to clash about this, and Joe always used to annoy me. And he goes, "Well, I I got the most points, so I'm having great fun. Thanks very much." And he's and he's right. He's right. I mean that you do have fun by doing really well, and sometimes yeah. you know, but playing in a boring way is the right thing to do to get the most points. And if that's, you know, if you can get fun from that, great. I struggle it's sometimes. It's about picking your moment, isn't it? It's about picking the moment. It's, 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 it, just because you're being, just because you're getting in plays other people have got doesn't mean you're you're boring. It means you're, you're getting, probably getting in quite sensible players. And then it's about doing something different when you've got the right opportunity to do so. And getting in a play people haven't got and, and, and you know, that's based on, something that, that works and I think I think we're both good at that on the whole we've both got loads of examples of players we've brought in that people haven't really been thought of but sometimes getting in the you know the more sheep picks are completely right to do as well well let's see I mean let's see if we can have good seasons improve and be a bit maverick along the way let's look at your team then shall we so far 
Right. Team for game week one. Yeah, what, I mean, in a week. I know. I can't believe that. I, I do not believe it. Right, I want you. You talked about not changing your defence a lot, right? So why why Tierney then? Why? Because I'm I've looked at Arsenal's fixtures and they're not brilliant, and you know Arteta's improved things, but five and a half million for Tierney. That seem he's a nice pick. He's quite a, a fashionable pick, if you like. Um, but are you not worried about him? Well, let, let me let me just sort of paint, paint the scene a little bit. <laughs> I <laughs> I don't want to make any defensive transfers until right. the wildcard. So that that is that is my key my key aim. So a, a pretty important thing with that is having a strong de- defense, right? Um, I'm also going with another strategy, which is I don't want to own any centre backs over five million unless something crazy happens. I want to own attacking defenders, is, is basically all kind of budget defenders as well. So the reason I like Tierney is because Arteta has got them defending better. That is clear. Like they they defend more as a unit. They were they were fantastic at well, they were fantastic towards the back end of last season. They've signed two new defenders. So he's clearly prioritising defence and getting them more solid. And he is a very, very attacking defender who I have been really impressed with since he signed and has good stats. I, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's as simple as that. So I think in the bigger games, Arteta is clever enough to work out how to defend well against the top teams. So, so you're not put off by the fixtures? Because first two are good, but after that, it downhill a bit. Yeah, it drops down. I mean, th- this this is the reason why I like him, is because I think if you've got if you've got someone like him, even if they lose the clean sheet, he's still got a chance of grabbing you and a sister a goal. If I'm get, if I'm getting a five point five or a six billion centre back, I'm being I'm having to be very very lucky to get any returns in, in those in those games. So it's not ideal with him not having the best fixtures, but I think in the long term, I think five point five million for an Arsenal defender, given Arteta's defensive record with them so far, is really good value. Okay, so here's the scenario: Martinez starts four point five keeper, and everyone's getting on him, but you don't want to double. So what do you do then? I stick with Ramsdale because I think he's going to be the highest point-scoring goalkeeper right. this season. I mean, that's that's yeah, what would worry me because I I would think I'm looking at Martinez and going, I don't think I can risk it. But if he starts and Arsenal start well, then people are going to jump on Martinez. But if I've got, but he's t- also a couple of games, a couple of rough games away from being dropped for Leno. Could so. be, yeah, he could be. Um, but it, I mean, it's about whether you feel that there's it's worth taking that risk or not. But what I'm saying by having Tierney, you you won't be able to do well. You could, but I don't think you're going to double on them. So. That that for me would play on my mind a bit, but okay, Ramsdale, you're not going with cheaper. That's interesting, well, Ramsdale. So just just one more thing on on Tierney yeah. is that I think people forget as well is that when you're when you're playing four at the back like this, you've also got to compare these players to the midfield options that you can get. And I, there's a lot of people in five point five bracket going for players like Armstrong, Sam Maximan, um, Suchek, You know all these guys. I I, I just can't see them getting close to Tierney in terms of value for five for five. I think I think if you're looking at it purely side by side in terms of points, I think he's going to outscore all of the 5.5 options comfortably. So long yeah, time, No, no I, I get it. And you're not going to go Davis because you've got Doherty there as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see that. Um, I, I just, it's just a Martinez thing that well, or Gabriel's 5 million. So I just think there's cheaper options than that Arsenal defence could come in. And I just worry that if you've got Tierney, and yes, he is quite, I wouldn't say he's flashy, but he's a player that promises attacking returns. Mm. You might be tempted to sit on him and wait and then 
before you know it, you've missed Martinez and he's at 4.8 and he is, you know, he's yeah. in the team. Because obviously, well, obviously if, if Martinez is going to have bad games, then Tierney's not going to get you points either, is he? Because yeah. he's letting in goals. So, you know, it's not it's not exclusive to, to Martinez. So that that that's the only thing with Tierney. But yeah, it's brave, gutsy. Ramsdale then, why not cheap keeper? Everyone's going for a 4-5 and a 4. Yeah. Rams, Ramsdale was in my team about two weeks ago, but I've seen... I don't know. What do you think about that then? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen too many people with him. And, and the thing, mm. what what I love in a in a goalkeeper is you want a team who prioritises 1-0 wins <laughs> and don't often score many more than one goals. Because it's why Pope has been such a great goalkeeper for years. And, and, I, and I remember you on a scout cost saying about why Pope is such a good goalkeeper. And it's because of all the sideways passes he does. It's because they play, you know, so defensively that he ends up making loads of passes, puts his bonus points up and all that. Pope is the player I'd want again this season, but I'm not paying 5.5 mm. for a for a Burnley goalkeeper. I think Ryan at 4.5 is a great shout. I, I really do like him at 4.5. I can make a case for it. But I think Ramsdale combines, makes so many saves. He made so many saves for Bournemouth. He kept them in, you know, games which they should have lost six, seven, eight nil. Like he's a shot stopping extraordinaire, playing in a in such a solid defence. In, in Sheffield United. People, people on, I mean, I'm, I'm all for this Twitter thing. People on Twitter, which I would never find myself saying, but I am saying <laughs> it now. People on Twitter are saying he's no Henderson though, is he? And, and is that a thing? Do you believe that? Or is that bluff? Well, well, he, is, he isn't Henderson. I mean, he can't, he can't. But is he that. of that, is he in that same bracket quality? It's, it's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, he, it depends whether you think Sheffield United's, whole system was based around Henderson. It was his organisation of defence completely key to the system. I mean, what I saw was I saw every player in that team with a job, knew what they were doing so well. It's, it's similar to Burnley and he's got kind of quite, I don't, you know, not to be hard, quite average players playing in a system that fits them all specifically. So I think as a good manager, he's brought in a goalkeeper who he believes and you know he's 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 been there before he 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 knows the club he's not it's not a completely mad transfer i i think he he fits exactly what wilder wants from his goalkeeper to do so i i don't think henderson leaving is going to be that bigger bigger loss for them i think ramsell is going to come in and, and and do a job for him okay all right let's talk pereira then because we can't avoid that one that's the one that stands out on it that, that that's that's the one you're most pleased about isn't it that's the one when you <laughs> when the light goes out at night you're like ah oh, pereira Oh, thank God I just know. I, I know exactly how you're thinking there. And that's the danger, though, isn't it? Because he's exactly what I went for with Pookie. He's totally unproven in this division. All right, he looked nice in the championship, but um, a lot of players can do that. Is he going to step up and do it? You obviously think he is, but you, what's your thoughts behind that? Then? Well, well. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> strap yourself the, in. The problem is, is that I've gone pretty hard on four players. So I've got Salah, Bamiyang, Werner, and then... I've got Ings for the first week, who's going to become Martial for second week. So I'm, you know, when you've got a lot of your budget tied up in those players, you need to think about the, the, the more budget options. And it's why I like four at the back, because I think Doherty, Tierney, Vinagri all have a role to play in that. I mean, I know I know Doherty's moved, but I think I, there was, there's something on, on the scout where it's like he if he gets 150 points, which wouldn't be that surprising he'd be the best value out of all the all the budget midfielders and strikers in mm. the game. Like People just don't get close to that, whereas he, with his attacking displays. So 
I like that. But then you've got to think around your other players, and I'm thinking, okay, for six million, what can I really get? Like, it's, it's, it becomes more difficult. What you can get with Pereira and Mitrovic are these talisman players. I mean, Pereira, West Brom squad, I'm looking at West Brom squad, and I'm thinking, A, how has this team got promoted? Sorry, West Brom fans. But B, how are they going to score goals in, in the Premier League? And the answer is Pereira. I mean, he created more chances for teammates than any player in five years in the championship. That's a great start. It's, it's, impre- it's impressive. Six million. Yeah, sure. Um, but you know. everything's going to go through him. He's going to be that. Guy who's who's on, on the end of it though? How Robson Carno and Austin Carno? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mentioned. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the the, the, the the minor flaw I think in the theory. Is but there's, that, you know, there's, if you look at him in 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 singular terms, then yeah, okay, he's not a great pick. I mean, I'd rather have you know, well, probably anyone than, than that. But in the six million bracket, it, I, every team I see has has St. Maximan in. Mm. Do, you, do you really think St. Maximan is that much of a better No, but, than... but Armstrong, I do I do have time for. So why did you not consider him? I've considered him, but I haven't seen enough of him to make me think that he's, he's a cog in Southampton's play, whereas Pereira is the wheel, the driver, the tyres, yeah, the yeah. engine everything and that's the kind of player that I, I'm a bit more drawn to yeah no I get it I just think the danger is that he'll look good and he'll make some nice passes and set up some chances but how Robson Carney will miss them and you'll mm. you'll cling on to him and there'll be other players that might pass you by so that's the danger because I do think Pereira is a lovely player and he's going to look good he's definitely going to do the you know on match the day he's going to pass the eye test but is he going to deliver that's the thing we'll see but who but, was it who I noticed was creating chances for fun when they moved to the Premier League? Don't know, go Pascal Gross. And look what that he did That is true. Me. You've got look four. Look what he did for me. Yeah, I'll give you that. But if I get half his points, Pereira... Wasn't he, wasn't he taking pens and free kicks, though? I mean, Pereira does free kick. He's, he's just like Pereira. He's just on everything. Yeah. He's oh. literally tasked with, with driving that team forward. OK, I we'll see. We'll right. see. We'll see if he's still there this time next week. Um... <laughs> So just going back a bit more as well to Doherty, you think he's going to do it as well. So you mentioned that. Mitrovic, a lot. I mean, Mitrovic's ownership is crazy, oh, isn't it? I'm, 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 of, of that team, when I look at that team, I, I do genuinely think my weakest link there is, mm. is Mitrovic. Um, I like the idea of him. I like the idea that all, he's going to have to get their goals. I like the idea that he's on penalties and, and he's been in the Premier League before and done okay. What I don't like is Fulham. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I just can't. I just can't see how they're going to stay up. I, I just, I can't see how they're going to do well next year. And I don't, I don't mind Fulham. I've got nothing against them. I just think that squad is so thin. It's made um, it. Lamena and uh, Reed are a couple of good signings in the mm. engine room, so to speak. But I, again, I, it's just the way Parker plays as well. If he's going to come up and play that same way, they try and like strangle matches. It's not going to work in the Premier yeah, League. I know. So I don't know what I he's going to do. The, you know, I. You know, I think there's some good 6.5 options. So I like Mopay, I like Wood, uh, I like um, Antonio, for example. So if I had, a, if I could get an extra 0.5, it would be nice. But I think there are also options that I can go to with Mitrovic. I think if it was just Mitrovic on his own, it'd be, it'd be worse. But you know, you've got Che Adams at 5.5. I know, I'm could, going to talk about him in a minute. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with me, right. I, I look at Mitrovic as well and go, Arsenal at home, you know, you're back in Tierney. So already you've mm. got that, Matt. It's not nice, is it, to have that... The first live not game, not the first game we you've know, got defence, so that would put me off. It shouldn't do, but it does mentally you know, plays on my mind. So 
I don't know. Let's bring my team up, and you can you can have a go back. I mean, this isn't final by any means, but there you go. Go on. There you go. Um, so the double ups there at the back with Robertson and and Trent. Yeah, I mean, my my biggest issue with a lot of these teams is is Suchek is in is just in every yep. team, and I see people with Suchek and St Maxman and, and and this kind of thing, and I'm like, really, really, <laughs> like every week you're going to play, like Suchek has one has a great fixture game with one. And then you're just never going to want to play him again. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I've got Justin on the bench who arguably I could play instead because um, he's at West Brom. Oh, I know. I mean, I mean, that isn't exactly... That doesn't fill me with confidence. And then you've got Che Adams as well, who you don't know really how he's going to perform. And then you've got Antonio with some of the worst fixtures coming up as well. Yeah, it's... I get I hear you. I mean, Antonio, I'm not worried about with bad fixtures. I think we know enough about him to know that he's a, he can do it against big teams. So I'm not worried about that. Um, but Adams is a bit of a risk, but I think he showed enough last season, and I think I think he's going to start. And I think mm. if he starts, it's fine. I think he'll do enough. But it, you know, I don't. I had Mitrovic in there, obviously, and it, it's between Adams and Mitrovic. And at the moment, Adams has got it, but I can't lie. I've had Mitrovic in for a lot of the week as well. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, you've got Ings as well. So I've doubled up on Southampton because I just fancied him at Palace. I, I, I think Southampton, yeah. Southampton are so confident at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, beat Swansea seven one in the pre season game, and yeah, they yeah. were playing well at the end of last season. Palace were a wreck at the end of last season. We know. Look at the injuries Palace have got, and we're no. back in. We're back in Man United in week two to thrash them. So why aren't we back in Southampton to thrash them? Because of anything, Southampton are in just as good a form as United. Yeah. So I've gone heavy on Ings and Adams. It's either that or I'm going to get Armstrong in midfield because I do think I want two Southampton attackers. Um, but Suchek is a strange one, isn't he? I mean, we we probably know enough about him to trust to trust what's going on there. He's going to start. We know he gets in the box. We know he's a handful. And I know his fixtures are bad, but the type of game that Suchek brings, he can do it against big teams because he's a six foot four giant who gets on the end of set pieces. So he can still get us something, and he mm. is only five million. But yeah, I think you're one of the. You, I haven't seen many teams without him. Um, so the fact I, you're not going for to him. be honest, I just, I just I'm I'm struggling to understand why he's so highly owned. I know I just, told you. just told you. Yeah, well, yeah, true. <laughs> but the trouble is, is that you can't. I'm going to use the famous phrase: you can't run from him. Like, oh no, God! If, if you've got if you've got Suchek in your team, you're 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 locked in with him for a prolonged period. In a prolonged period of time, you don't want him because he's got such rough games. Yeah, I get it. I get it. If I was going to start him every week, and I guess that's that's the worry. Um, so if you don't start him, you're starting Justin at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, I mean, your, your your first sub was Ferguson, who's injured. So you haven't even got a first sub. I don't start looking at my bench because you, you didn't have a bench. <laughs> but Ferguson's yes, for yeah. the Ferguson's for the long game. To be fair, it could, it could, it could well, that's a good thing given he's crocked. But yeah, I, I mean, it's it's it's, sim- it's a similar kind of thing with mine. Though. I mean, obviously, when you you look at, you know, Alexander-Arnold, good. Robertson, good. Salah, good. Aubameyang, good. Obviously, when you start getting to the to the dregs, you, you can poke holes yeah. and, and find problems with them. I mean, the fact is there, you've got two 200-point defenders and Salah, Aubameyang and Son. So they're going to be your main source of points. As mm. long as they deliver... All you need is is a few drips from the others and you're and you're you're laughing. Yeah, and I do. I think I Son's do. a really nice pick. Mm, I worry about that. Because yeah, because he's out wide. If Kane, but the thing is, I'm not convinced Kane's going to be fit. I mean, you know what he's like. If he he takes two or three games to get going, doesn't he? And he's he's not had those preseason friendlies. I presume he's going to be fully fit. But for Kane, match fit is a big problem. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the problem, the way I'm looking at it is well, it's all about the Man United transfer in game week two. I'm seeing a lot of teams, um, Holly in general, for example, have, have both got, they're both looking to get even maybe even Fernandez on the bench. Now, I'm mm. not brave enough to do that, but I, I've set this up so I can go Sun to Rashford um, or Ings to Martial. Well, I want Martial early on again. I'm going, I'm going so have you got, you got money in the bank with this team? Yeah, I've got money in the bank. I've got 1.5 yeah, 1. 1. 5 yeah. in the bank. So what, what's your Man United strategy then? Are you going to go Ings to Martial? Ings to Martial, go me too. Yeah. You've got no doubts about Martial then? I don't think so. And um, and the more players United add around Martial, the happier I am. I mean, now they've got Van der Beek, great. That doesn't affect Martial. It just means mm. he's got more... You know, if, if they keep adding in... If they add in Sancho, great. It just means more... It all just... They're not signing any direct competition to Martial. All they're doing is signing more competition around yeah, it. So. I've got, I've got to think at the moment. I mean, it's between, I don't know. It's so difficult, isn't it? Your choice of, I think, the choice of your Man United player could be crucial, because yeah. there could be a difference between them. I mean, we're all presuming they're all going to be much or muchness, but maybe not. And you know, Bruno's got the numbers, but he's ten five. Rashford is the romantic pick. He's the one that I might end up going with because he's Maverick because he's seven percent ownership. Martial's probably the sensible one, I would say. So I'm I'm still torn. And, you know, I've set up another team. I just want to show you this because this is, this team here is, um, or oh, the next one, where is it? Uh, yeah, is that it? Uh, yeah, there we go. So this one here, um, I've got a really cheap front line. I've got 3 million in the bank here, or 3.5 in the bank. I can go Barnes to Fernandez or any of those strikers to Martial. This team here enables me to get any United player in I want in game week two so i can give myself the first game week to make up my mind three million <laughs> right. uh, 3.5 <laughs> even so yeah. and you laugh at that but some people are starting with 10.5 no, on the bench. I'm, I'm not i'm only laughing i mean this, this is why you know I the do, idea just what this season's start you know the i know but I, d- I do find it preposterous that i would bank 3.5 but then i also find it preposterous that you would start with a 10.5 player on your bench but good managers are doing just that yeah so I don't. I'm, I might even go with this because I like Doherty at the back for the very reason you said you want to settle defence. Um, Barnes, I think, is the one to watch for Leicester. I worry about Leicester's form without Madison. Mm. Um, and I think those three strikers, Nketiah, Antonio and Adams, could all bang on the first week. Obviously, one's going to go or it'll be Barnes to Fernandez. So I'm tempted by this. I really yeah. am. But yeah, I and, don't know. And, and I think, you know, it, it again, it allows you the option as well. I mean, you look at... If United don't make any more signings, Rashford at 7.5, you know, that's an easy transfer. Greenwood at 7.5. To, um, sorry, Greenwood. Yeah, so Barnes to Greenwood even, and then you've got three more million to play with. Rashford as well. I mean, Rashford, 9.5, you know, no one's even really considering. I'm not seeing him talked about uh, anywhere. It's all Fernandez and Martial, but I think Greenwood and, and Rashford do probably have quite big parts to play. Yeah, I mean, this is it. I want I want time to consider my Man United choice. I don't want to put one on the bench now. I mean, like next week, one of them could have COVID for all we know. So actually, I want to have one week's data and have the option to get any of them in. And that's what this team gives me. Um, and Ketty is interesting because uh, yeah, I I hadn't I hadn't thought about him. And I remember messaging you the other day about after the um, Community Shield. You're like, oh, I think I might uh, might start with Enketia, and I was like, mind games, you see, mind games. And then I, yeah, I know. Then I was thinking, actually, that could be an amazing shout. He's got two really good games. He looks first choice, but I'd, I'd just be too worried about Lacazette. I, I just, I think, I, maybe I just don't really understand football. I think Enketia does well running around. I think he looks busy. I think he's 
a better player than me. I'm not going to lie, but I don't. I can't. I just can't see him being an elite player, and that's going to get like screen grabbed or whatever. And then five years when he wins, you set yourself ball, right up there. I know. But don't, what did what is Joe say? I've never even heard of Trent Alexander. Yeah, I know. it's going to be one of those moments. But I, I don't know. I, Lacazette. I, I just think Lacazette is is a top is a top striker who's going to force his way back into that team at some point. Personally, but then I'm not Arteta, and I don't. Yeah, with every you day. could be That's right, but I think I'm going to get a couple of gains out of him, and also it could be Nketiah to Martial straight away. Anyway, I've just got Nketiah at Fulham, uh, and I do think Arsenal are going to score a couple at Fulham. Mm. Um, so I think for for, for, a, for a one or two week punt is mm. is pretty bang on, but I guess you couldn't. You'd have to get rid of one of the other ones to get Martial right. You couldn't get rid of him because of how cheap he is. I can. Nketiah's six million. I've got three point five in the bench on the bank, so mm-hmm. I can go into Martial. I can go. That's what I mean. I can go any of those strikers to Martial, yeah. or I can go. I prefer, Barnes I prefer to... this team actually. Well, there you go. Team. Yeah, I know, and I I like the, I like Doherty as well because I, I want Doherty to fire. I I just don't trust Jose in the clean sheets yet, but I, in no. my mind, I'm thinking someone of quality in Aurier's positions would be good. That's what I'm thinking. And he loves a, he loves an attacking right back. Look at what he did with Ivanovic. I mean, Ivanovic yeah. should never have been the attacking force that he I loved got somehow made into. So did I. What a, oh, <laughs> what a player. Having him in your team, it was like Alonso, wasn't it? It's like you, you've got yeah. an extra forward. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So that's but what I, mean, I want Even, even Ashley Young, even when Mourinho was at United, and Ashley Young was bombing up mm. and down. Like, he does, yeah. I think he does look to that right side of the pitch mm. for, yeah. for, for a lot. And he doesn't... I mean, if, I don't know if you've seen the Spurs documentary... Um, I have started watching it. Um, yeah. I, I want to binge pretty, it. He lays into Warrior at one point. I tell so you then, what, that effing and jeffing that Harry does in his team, so he's put me right oh, off. His team talks are an embarrassment. <laughs> I hope for England, Southgate said, yeah, yeah. he's taking these, mate. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I, I, I want I want Doherty to do it. So I, I'm, I'm currently veering towards this. I really am. Yeah, and, 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 I mean, I definitely prefer that. And you don't have to, you know, Suchek comes out and you've got... Um, Vinagre, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, Vinagre, yeah. But plenty um, of money. I mean, if I go Barnes to Greenwood, I've got three million left. Yeah. I think I think this 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 this, this option is better. Well, we'll see. There's a long way to go. You know, unlike you, I'm not gonna go a week. I'm probably not gonna go ten minutes after this show without changing <laughs> my team. I don't know how you're doing that. I really don't. Um but um yeah, we'll see. We'll see next week. I mean, next week we've got a lot to go over. I'm gonna look at captains next week. I'm gonna look at Sterling and De Bruyne and we're gonna talk about that and we're gonna look at our our teams are obviously very close to being final, I guess. Um, we're gonna look. I think we'll look more at Greyheads League as well, can't we? What else yep. are we gonna do next week? Well, that sounds that sounds pretty good. That sounds quite a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds pretty good to me. I mean, yeah. One one thing we said we were gonna keep these to an hour. We've already done an hour and a half. There you go. Yeah, I mean this is this is our first one. Oh, we, I know. We're allowed a bit of an extra, an extra bit. I think we are. We'll we'll try and keep. We will try and keep them around an hour. I think we took a while to warm up as well, but I feel yeah. I feel fully. I could keep going for a couple of hours, but we better not yeah, do that. Nice. Um, but we'll uh, we'll come we'll come back next week. We have got the first one done. There, been, there was no massive technical hitch, although when I watch this back, it's probably all come out really badly. But I hope not anyway. But um, I'm I'm just glad to get the first one done, and it was a pleasure. Actually, Same. really good. Yeah, really enjoyed it. It's I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. about the season, and uh, we're going to have fun with this hopefully, and I hope the listener does as well. Um, so this, you'll get this out on iTunes and stuff, all that bit, will you? Yeah, so tomorrow morning I will put onto all the various platforms. Um, if you're listening to this now, then you've either got it on the platform already or you've watched yeah, it live. So that's a silly thing to say, wasn't it? Nonsense. <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess with that, we'll say goodbye then. Um, it's a goodbye from me. And a good night from me. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.